My, my, my. We're back again. Doing really well at the moment on the old uh, iTunes New and Noteworthy section. Very happy. We managed to get up to number eight uh, last week, which is good. Very happy with that. Uh, let's hopefully see if we can push it forward. We've got a great episode for you today entitled, Are We Going Back to the Good Old Days? Sitting next to me, my good friend and yours, Jemmy Elders. Hello, everybody. Right. Well, what an episode we have today. Um, as I said, Are We Going Back to the Good Old Days is the title today. Um, let's just jump straight in. Let's do it. Why not? Um, with our starting quote, uh, which is... So the quote of the episode today is, Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy the shit we don't need. And that is from either Rachel Botsman, which is where the quote was credited, or to who the quote was credited from where I found it, <laughs> um, or it might be from <laughs> Fight Club. There was comments on the forum saying, this is a Fight Club quote. I definitely so, saw I I definitely saw people saying it was from Fight Club, but so, either way, it's a good quote. It's a good quote. It's it's relevant. It's relevant. Uh, so what we're going to be talking about today is um, the the share economy and and how that's uh, potentially taking us back to uh, almost a, a pre-industrial uh, age. Um, so we want to open up first of all, obviously, with what is the share economy? It's quite a, a new movement, um, which is an economy that's built upon excess resources being shared and, and rented at a cost or um, exchange. Um, so examples of these would be Airbnb, which you said you've used, Jim? Yep, several times. Excellent. Uh, Kickstarter, which everybody's familiar with, um, and uh, things like Sidecar and, you know, like where you can rent your car and things like that. Um, so for those not familiar with Airbnb, Jim, seeing as you've used it and I haven't, do you want to kind of explain what airbnb is. yeah sure so airbnb is basically it's like um if you're going away somewhere and you need to uh, maybe you want a hotel you need somewhere to stay basically people in that area actually rent out maybe their spare rooms and you could stay you stay in the house they set, give you a set fee which is usually a lot cheaper than a hotel and basically sometimes you get a kitchen with that you get your own space and i've done it several times in canada i've done it i've done it in belgium and it's just a really great way of basically staying uh, getting a place to stay for really cheap and uh meeting some nice people because it's great to see people who are actually in the area because they usually have the best tips and it's cheaper than hotels <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that a makes me cheaper. happy <laughs> a lot cheaper and and that's kind of uh one of the big cruxes of the share economy and why it's becoming uh quite popular is actually it's um almost a little bit communal as well you kind of particularly with the likes of airbnb and things like uh sidecar where you basically go well i'm going here if you want a lift, we'll split the fuel, and it's just like an online directory to do stuff like that. There's loads of sites uh, like that, and it is, it is it's a good opportunity to get something on the cheap, or make a little bit of money depending which side of the coin you're on, and also meet someone new for the first time. So it's, it's a little bit social as well, which is which is really interesting. Um, now the big question that's that. I think is an interesting one to ask about the share economy is, um, as I said at the top, is the share economy taking us back to um, a pre-industrial age? Because prior to uh, the uh, Industrial Revolution, most likely you wouldn't be working by the hour. You'd make something and sell it. Or, you know, you, you'd work on something and you'd just get a little bit of money from, from your boss. But that was a rare thing. And usually you'd be an apprentice to someone rather than 
boss employee kind of relationship so you'd still be learning as well and it's it was this obviously this ex exchange of goods and exchange of um value and information people used to make a lot of money on selling information and things like that um so is this kind of a precursor to perhaps going back to a time where that kind of thing's happening more often do you think well, I was saying earlier, like, um, is it really the fact that it's a share economy? Or is it just that we're realizing just how much res extra resources that we actually have? Is it the fact that, like, as you say, people have got spare rooms. Why do they have a house where they have two or three spare rooms in the first place? And is it, is it the economy that's actually pushing us to actually be more aware of, oh, actually, I could actually make money from this? Are people actually sharing or are they actually becoming more resourceful? Well, yeah, and, and that's that's a big question as well. I mean, when you look at, um, I mean, particularly with the likes of, again, without trying to get too political, uh, over here in this country, for those that are overseas, there's been this thing that's been introduced, which has been dubbed by the media and the public, the bedroom tax, where whereby if you have a spare room, you don't get a subsidy from the government for having that spare room in the same way that people in um, uh, the public sector, like if you owned a council house did, people get a subsidy from the rent. Um, and so people are saying, well... I've got this spare room and now it's costing me money to have this spare room. Um, you know, it's a solution to that sort of thing as well. You know, just put it out on Airbnb instead, renting it out. So you're actually probably making more than you would have had from having this subsidy, for example. And yeah, I think you're right. It, it's, it is kind of making people more resourceful, looking at what resources they have. Um, I mean, if you look at the cost of self-storage, for example, I mean, Sometimes the cost of a self-storage place is more than the rent of your flat. Like, why would you spend that money putting away stuff that you don't use? Why not utilize it and make some money off of it? Well, there's people doing that as well. They're renting out their houses as a self-storage unit. Basically, I've got a spare room. If you've got some stuff to rent uh, to store away, I can also provide you that space for a fee. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. And it's um, it's an interesting little little movement that's kind of kind of appeared recently particularly with likes of airbnb which i think was started in something like 2009 i think which is when the recession really started to hit people hard but like we, we were we were saying earlier like it's, it's not so much also about physical um it's physical resources as well we was also saying this really applies to actual knowledge-based resources as well absolutely i mean if you look at the uh, resurgence of blogs and you know podcasts like like this one as well uh people are making huge amounts of money like huge amounts of money for sharing information and sharing their knowledge i mean uh you know if we look at the likes of john lee dumas in entrepreneur on fire he's making six figures every month from his business which at the core of it is a podcast uh, where he interviews people seven days a week interviews on entrepreneurs and shares that knowledge and that is where the bulk of his income comes from um i mean he's got other side products as well but sharing knowledge is also becoming a big part of of this movement and you know seth godin talks about the connection economy and how building your audience is important so that you can share that that sort of information as well so the the question i think really which kind of stems from all of that is is the global economic crisis seeing as airbnb started just after and things like that is the global economic crisis causing people to be more entrepreneurial thinking and more resourceful as well well i was saying well it definitely is because obviously 
people haven't got as much money so everyone has to be thinking creatively oh where can i create new fun new streams of money but i also think it links back to the actual the digital economy in that sense and like you're saying a lot of a lot of these businesses rely heavily on trust and i think nowadays it's easier than ever to kind of build trust with people whether that's online whether you share a video of your place or a photo of your place or i mean i've stayed in airbnb but to be honest i didn't just look online find a place and go there like i looked at that person who owns it I checked out their profile. I checked out reviews from other people. So if anything, it's actually the fact that like the digital digital economy in a sense has made it easier to kind of trust people, which then leads to this sharing of resources. Yeah, that, that's quite interesting, actually, because if you look at if you look at the main vehicles for the share economy, which everybody's highlighting, like Airbnb, which is is probably the most famous one um, for this type of thing. Kickstarter in a way as well, but that's a slightly different model in that people are uh, basically just donating money to a cause or a project that they think is valuable. Um, I, would, I would go into there and just say, but they are also getting something back because most time true. it's because they, they feel invested into it. So it's not just freely giving away money. It's like, I like that idea, so I'm going to pay into it and I trust that you're going to deliver on your word. That, that, that's, that's very true um, uh, as well in that respect. And quite often people will get um, a gift of some sort like for example if it's a film that somebody's uh, producing if they put enough money into it they'll get a producer credit um, or a DVD or, or yeah, yeah whatever um, but as you say is it is it the fact that is it is it because of the recession that people are becoming more entrepreneurial or is it because of the rise of mobile platforms and the digital economy that is causing this share economy to take off. Which do you think is is the bigger the bigger picture? I I think to be honest, they've come together in a way at the perfect time. Obviously, the recession is never perfect, but the recession has happened, in, which is now forcing people to think more creative, forcing people to find out how they can make some more money to make ends meet. And then now everyone's been woken up to this digital economy and realised actually my customer doesn't have to live down the road from me. My customer could live the other side of the world, and I can still we could have a relationship. It's it's kind of like brought everybody together at the perfect time, but still people aren't making use of that. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't really thought of it like that as well, which is which is interesting. Um, okay, so looking at the share economy as a whole, whether it's through the digital or just through being more resourceful, I mean, people are setting up. All of these sorts of websites as well, like um, I was reading, there's a guy that's trying to find somewhere where he can sell his camera equipment. Yeah. That, sorry, rent his camera equipment. Yeah. So, and he couldn't find one, so he's setting one up. Yeah, no, I heard about that one um, as well. So, so what is it that, that um, ultimately we can take from the share economy to kind of, what can we learn from it? I think, I think one of the biggest things that holds people back is the access to the share economy. Obviously, a lot of it's online and so a lot of the time like i'd say airbnb is one of those easy access ones because at the end of the day you've got a, you can, i didn't want to say at the end of the day all throughout this podcast but i've said it so it's out there now <laughs> I, I was saying to wayne earlier i do not want to say at the end of the day i said it so many times but anyway but as i was saying like airbnb is really easy accessible because a lot of people have spare rooms and basically the system's put there for us so you just go online post a picture 
say your price and it's done for you and I think what holds a lot of people back who like you say this guy who wanted to rent out his camera he now has to find create the website find that system to rent it out and that's the difficulty and that's why I think it holds a lot of people back because yeah they might be selling whatever product they are in their shop at the moment or they're making something from home it's like Etsy is another great example basically Etsy is allowing all these people who are really creative textiles and jewelry to create products and then they've created the system in the share slash digital economy to then go and sell it worldwide and that's what I think a lot of people it holds a lot of people back is how do I get into it I've got something that's resourceful but how do I go about monetizing or how do I go about finding my audience online yeah and that, that's interesting I suppose you know before I mean I mean there's no denying we live in a noisier world than we've ever lived in before there's more competition it, as you say your customer doesn't have to live just down the road they could be anywhere in the world absolutely anywhere and so rather than competing with the local market you're now competing with a worldwide market so whereas the model of having something unique um prior was such a big thing because in that local area it was very easy to have something unique having something unique in the in the wider worldwide economy is a lot difficult um i've completely lost where i was going with well I'll, I'll, I'll take <laughs> i'll take over from there but basically like what you're saying there is that yeah there are no there aren't many unique products now because you can get them anywhere in the world but then that's why trust and building that like we were saying building that tribe is so important now because yeah like i could go get I don't know, ice cream from this place, but then I can also order my ice cream from the other side of the world. But depending on what that story is around the ice cream that I get from maybe Africa Africa as a place to get ice cream from, it's just, have I bought into the, the story around the ice cream? It's not so much, I, I want ice cream at the end of the day, but if this ice cream was made with more care, it's organic, it's going to be better for me. Um, the people who eat this kind of ice cream are, the, are people like me that's going to be more appealing and that's what I think we're missing out on is that the fact that yeah you might have something there's no unique ideas anymore that's what people always fret about when they're creating businesses they're like oh but I need an idea I need an idea no everybody has ideas the mate the important thing is finding your audience and the people that you want to have it when you look at the, the share economy and and kind of as you were saying you know people getting uh, kind of intimidated and, and struggling with getting started I think the issue these days is is linked to the digital economy and how now it's not just a case of setting up a shop and putting out a poster it's um, you know a case of setting up a website and a lot of people um, kind of look at that and kind of think well I don't know how to code anything I don't know how to how to make a website um, and obviously it's getting easier and easier these days um, but I think it's a very, very intimidating process for, for a lot of people. And I think that's why um, entrepreneurship has become so difficult for some people these days. But as you say, it's about finding your audience and you go where the people are. And people are online these days. They spend more time online than they do out in the street going past a shop. So the website is, is the key, I think, in that, in that respect. I think people have to understand that in the digital economy, like information is abundant and you've got like YouTube is part of that share economy. There's people out there that are going to show you how to make that website. They're going to show you how to set up your Facebook ad. They're going to show you, I mean, how to create your own logo in Photoshop. So I think 
people need to see people need to know that there's actually these sort of uh, resources available online yeah absolutely and I, and I think uh, I mean particularly for, for like people of our parents age that kind of grew up um, at the end of the industrial revolution and, and kind of in the start of the digital uh, revolution I think it's a lot of a lot harder for them to kind of uh, adapt to that because it is that well technologists for the young people um, that's nothing to do with us I mean I look at my my niece for example and how she uses a computer uh, it's scary like I wish I knew how to use a computer like that at, at that age um, but I, I think that's that's the shift for a lot of people um, they're still kind of looking at it from a let's build let's let's put a brick and mortar shop and it's not about that anymore if you look at the fact that brick and mortar shops are closing down by the dozen at the moment, it's it's a scary thing. But I think people have to look as well at you know you don't necessarily have to build a website from scratch. It's very easy. Well, I say very easy. It's easier these days to build a website than it's ever been, and it's only going to continue to get easier. I mean, if you if you do it right, you can set up a website in a couple of hours or, or less. less. Um, you know that I mean I've just moved servers for my company's website, and installing WordPress took me two minutes. I clicked a button, went go, and installed my theme. I, I think I think it can get even easier than that because people are thinking, oh, I need a website. But do you know how many small businesses are actually just moving all their products onto Amazon because people know that Amazon have the audience coming through constantly looking for products, and so actually you can make you can really make use of all these platforms that are already self built for you, like the Airbnbs, like the Amazon. Absolutely. Yeah, and and I mean, I I remember, um, you know, a big big thing, and and it still kind of goes quite strong is these eBay shops that people set up. You know, they set up entire businesses built off of eBay. They don't need a website. I mean, if they have a website, it might help, but they don't need a website. The website's already there. It's already built. They use that platform of eBay. They put up what they want to sell, and if people want to buy what they've got, they'll buy it. And and that that's as simple as that. If people want it, people will buy it. Um, so long as it's at the, at the right price and somebody doesn't undercut you or anything like that. And I think that's where people really need to kind of reassess things, look at the platforms that are available. If they want to, if, if they don't think that they can build a website, use, use a platform that already exists. Like you can sell things um, if you want to on Facebook. You can sell them on Amazon, as you say, eBay. That's an, a, another option. Or the likes of Airbnb, Sidecar, Kickstarter, all of those sorts of stuff. I mean, Kickstarter is brilliant in the sense that it's almost a, a market test. It's very lean. Absolutely, yeah. You don't have to spend any money, really, other than actually marketing the Kickstarter campaign, which, let's face it, can be done for practically nothing. Um, well, it can be done for nothing if you really want to just use Twitter and Facebook or if you want to invest the money to, to push it. And I, th I think that's really the key there is actually... Don't feel so afraid. Like you, like you say, the risk has gone now. You don't need that physical shop. You don't need to go away and buy all those products. What you can do, you can set up a, as you say, you can send out a post on Facebook and say, look, I'm, I'm considering selling this product or I've, I'm, I'm thinking about creating this and find your audience first then kind of reverse engineer it in a way. Find that audience that you know these guys want this or they want that problem solved and then do it that way. Then you've just taken away your risk. You've got your customers and you've got a business. If you if you look, I mean, uh, I think a recent stat was that Facebook users is something like... Uh, Ridiculous uh, amount. I can't <laughs> remember. It was, it was either millions or billions. Yeah. I think it was I think, billions. I think they hit the billion. I think it was billions. But it was a huge number. And you can sell things on Facebook. 
I mean, I run ads on Facebook and it's so cheap, but people don't realize how easy it is just to test a product just by creating a, a an ad that could cost you five pound. You could put a picture up, say where the product is, and you can send people to a, a Google form, which you can create for free. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the marketing is ridiculously cheap. I've put out a Facebook ad before, which was, it was because I'd always thought, well, I'm can't pay for adverts it's going to be really expensive but it's not like facebook you can go as low as five pounds i think you can go even lower than that if you want to. no you can you can click down i mean i get clicks for like 10p 5p i've been down really low on prices yeah. the thing is you obviously know how to use these platforms but you've got to see don't see it as a money like you say you thought it was expensive but see it as this five pound is me testing whether i spend that 500 pound on product this is me testing whether people are interested in this service that i'm thinking about selling so don't see it as this is my stream of getting customers yes it works for people in that way but as someone who's starting out i'd say it's an amazing opportunity to kind of just test that's that that your idea works and let's face it you can sell absolutely anything you want to online and somebody somewhere is probably mad enough to buy it there are people selling pots of sand from the sahara desert online and people are buying them. Yeah. I mean, if they can do that, then you can sell anything. That's what's amazing about the digital economy. You always find somebody. That's it. There's always somebody who wants that little niche product that you want. And if anything, it's just, it's just made it easier nowadays because you might be thinking, oh, my product's so rare, it's so niche. But actually, the, the digital economy rewards that. Okay, so I want to uh, kind of start wrapping it up now um, a little bit with a quote from Theopophytus from Dragon's Den. Um, it's a quote that's stuck with me for a very, very long time. Um, and he said it on an episode, and it's this. Business is simple. People complicate business. Mm, people. Once people get involved, that's it. It all goes down. The bane of everything. People. <laughs> so what you're trying to say in that is that why is business simple? Yeah, well, at the end of the day, going back to kind of what we've said, you don't need an amazing idea anymore to be an entrepreneur amazing ideas amazing new ideas is kind of a very difficult thing to do um, all you need is to have something that people are willing to pay for and sell it for more than it costs you to have and obviously there, obviously if there's so much people that are doing the same product you just need to find your story around that product that people can buy into so that's the key there really everybody's selling the same stuff but people are selling it to the people who want it in their way yeah. so <laughs> but uh, but at its core it's it's simply having something and selling it that that is that is it uh, if you strip it right right down um so if you are kind of thinking you know i want to set up my business first of all just look around you see what resources you have whether they're physical so for example a room in your house that you want to rent on airbnb or if it's just your your own mental knowledge um so look at that and then find your customers or your audience. Find out where they are. Likelihood is they're probably going to be online. That's the, that's the likelihood. You're going to find them online. Um, and then create a system or use someone else's that's, that's already working. So the likes of Amazon, the likes of eBay, Facebook, Airbnb, Sidecar, those sorts of things. Use their audiences to your advantage. Or if you have the skills and you're confident enough that you can do it, build your own. Um so that's that for for this episode um if there's anything you'd like us discuss to discuss in any uh future episodes or if you've got any feedback on the show that'd be great to hear from you so email us at gem at powerfulnonsense.com if you want to speak to gem or if you'd like to email me you can do so at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com <laughs> and uh gem uh how would people be able to contact you on twitter 
So it's at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. And if you want to speak to me on Twitter, it's at Wayne underscore Ingram, which is I-N-G-R-A-M. Um, we'd like to also thank everybody that's shown their support so far. A particular t- shout out to Jason Inge, uh, Roberto underscore Baggins, uh, James 10 LBC1988 and Phil 86 for their reviews so far. Um, been great reading those and, and they really are incredibly helpful um, in kind of boosting the uh, visibility of the show um, and helping us build the audience. Uh, likewise, if you like what you're hearing, uh, please post a review on iTunes and help support the show, um, which again helps us to boost the profile of the show and, and really continue to bring uh, value to you guys. Um, so that's it. Thank you for all of your support so far. We love you all very much, and we'll catch you next time. Take care.